Welcome to the Wedding Video Boss podcast, where we talk about the business of being a wedding creative and also a peek into my sexy world as a wedding videographer. I'm your host, Paul Santiago. Today, we're talking to Scott Riley, and he's answering all of our questions about the kinds of corporations, employment, payroll, insurance, and everything that you would need to make your business legitimate. Stick around because he's hooking us up with something really, really awesome. You know, I should do a lot more of these weekend specials, huh? Oh, he's ready. So let's start the show. Scott Riley is a firm partner at ANA Employer Services. He has worked for the family business for over 15 years. He started as a file clerk and moved his way up to running the day-to-day operations a few years ago. Scott graduated from Whittier College in 2009 with a degree in mathematics. Wow. From there, he continued his education at Redlands University to complete his MBA in 2014. The value of the MBA has really helped the business grow in a few different ways. Adding value to his clients with learning from professors and students alike working with business professionals. Scott married his beautiful wife Jacqueline in 2015. They currently live in Brea, California and they have three dogs. Wrigley, Gracie, and Rizzo. I love dogs. Jacqueline and Scott love to travel and they try to book one trip a year to Hawaii. I love Hawaii. Hawaii is one of their favorite places to relax, unwind, and refresh. So, since he just came back from Hawaii and he smells really fresh, friends, let's welcome Scott Riley. Hey, Scott. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so happy that you're here because it's always been an issue when it comes to being a business owner in California to take care of all the legal stuff in the business. So before we start, I'd love it if you tell us something that people don't probably don't know about you. Yeah, so one of the things that a lot of people don't know about me is um, I'm actually a math major. I graduated Whittier College uh, as a math major. I wanted to teach math at like the high school level and coach baseball. Baseball, baseball is a passion of mine. But, um, you know, Starting with this business and just kind of going into that, I, I really, I really found a passion in what I'm doing and running payroll and getting to know business owners and kind of learning the the ins and outs of business and um, just being able to help small business owners in, in in my area. It's been something that I've kind of changed my idea of or what I wanted to do in in terms of my career after uh, after kind of getting to know the business a little bit more. Man, being a math major. Probably helps a lot. <laughs> it does help a lot, actually. But it's funny, the last, you know, two years of being um, in math, there, it's not a lot of actual, like, adding and subtracting. It's a lot of just way more in-depth stuff that goes into it. And I was just, at, at some point, I was just sick and tired of looking at letters and them substituting those for numbers and all those other things. So I was ready to kind of change what I was wanting to do. So, yeah, I was glad to be done with math when, when that was all said and done. Oh, so you're done with math. Oh, that's good. Okay. I, oh, yeah. I graduated. <laughs> I got all that stuff done. When I decided that I didn't want to do it anymore, I was way too close to say I can't finish. So I decided to finish up. And I'm, I'm glad that that math part is necessarily uh, done in, the, in those terms. Yeah. Okay. Let's segue now into your origin story. Like how, sure. how did you get into the business and um, what exactly do you do? 
Okay, so it's actually a family-owned business. So my parents uh, bought the business, started running the business in 2006. I started working for them when I was a sophomore in college, part-time, uh, among other things, uh, working and going to school full-time. And, you know, starting from filing to just kind of answering phones to doing introductory stuff has really taught me, um, you know, every part of this business. And then as I graduated and as things changed and what I wanted to do, it just was a easy change for me to say, you know what, this is what I want to focus on. So from there, um, I really focused on sales, growing the business, networking, getting our name out here, out there, doing things like this, trying to just get people to understand that there's more people that can do this than rather than just the big companies. Um, our, our service, ANA Employer Services, uh, focuses on running payroll for small to medium-sized businesses, helping them with their HR, helping them with their business creation, business steps, um, just kind of being that support back office for business owners that don't quite know. Uh, one of the things that we do best is really deal with owners of businesses like Blue Collar, um, Auto Collision, auto repair, construction, those guys got into business to do what they're good at and they need support besides just somebody turning and burning payroll. So we make our money doing payroll, we keep our clients, we keep our relationships because we do so much more. That's a tricky part about like what you said is people in the wedding industry are just creative people and with being a creative, it's so hard to include the making money part and keeping the money part. So Exactly, exactly. And that's a great segue into what we're doing here is just there's so many groups of people that get into business because they're good at what they do, right? But there's so much more that goes into businesses, unfortunately, and fortunately because of the state that we live in, it makes it a little difficult, you know? Yeah. It's a good and bad thing because California is like the third largest economy in the world. For sure. And being here is just... Absolutely. It's just so good for your business as long as you follow the rules. Exactly, and it's just it, it's the rules that it's the rules that get us in trouble, right? And we have to make sure that we're following the rules that are put in front of us and taking care of everyone the way the state or you know government says what we need to. And laws and policies change all the time. So my my question for you is: for people who are starting out, what are the things that they need to make sure that they have? when they start out, like just the, just on the legal side. So, yeah. So what I recommend doing, it doesn't cost that much money to get yourself incorporated, to get some type of LLC, to get some type of protection to starting a business. Um, the reason being is God forbid, you don't know what's going to happen at a job, at a site, on a wedding, whatever it might be, where you could put yourself in a position where you are liable for something that happens. If you have those protections, if you do have an LLC, if you are incorporated in some way, um, at least they can't go after you personally. You're acting as a member of the corporation and they could go after your corporation. So if, God forbid, you get sued, your personal bank account wouldn't necessarily be included in, those, in, in that. Your equity in your house, if you have any, is not going to be included in all of that. And it really doesn't matter what your worth is or what, your, um, what you have outside of you know, your business. You're trying to grow your business. You're trying to grow that entity. 
it's really important to have something that you're starting up on. And really, it doesn't cost that much through whether you call a business attorney or you use LegalZoom. You just got to make sure that you get something in place to protect yourself. Is that the only thing that people who are starting out need well, to know? Well, I mean, I guess there's little things like making sure you keep your banking separate, keeping your um, finances separate. I would recommend that. It just makes it a lot easier at the end of the year when you're trying to figure out your taxes or trying to figure out how much you owed. Uh, it doesn't cost that much to do that, opening an account, doing those kind of things. In terms of legally, uh, there's also insurance that you would want to get yourself protected. Your entity will not protect, will not pay out claims. It'll just be there to kind of take the hit. You need to get some type of insurance to protect your entity then. I've read online, they're saying that not everyone should form an LLC. Would you be able to discuss the kinds of incorporations for small business owners and what the, what makes it different like is well, is that true like yeah well so there's there's a couple options right so there's there's a, a c corp uh, which is most larger corporations separated finances completely where you basically anything that you make over there if to pull it out you have to pay yourself via employee taxes and all that stuff probably not the best group for that that right so and then there's an s corp an S-Corp is basically designed for smaller business owners, um, designed for people that uh, more easily can pull out dividends and pay themselves without necessarily being all of the taxes, the same taxes being included. And then there's an LLC, which is basically similar to um, similar protections as a corporation, but it's a, a little different. There's an LLC, which is very popular in, in terms of like, so I run an LLC out of my corporation that does basically covers me just like a corporation, just a, it's just a little bit different. There also is ways to make sure that your LLC isn't necessarily taxed like an LLC where you have to do taxes separate. It, you can actually, like your S Corp, you can have a designation to your LLC where you're doing taxes as an S corp. So then that allows you to do one tax return and just add that business into, into your tax return. So it doesn't matter if I have three different LLCs under my name, I do one tax return and all three of those LLCs are under my name and okay. I can do one tax return under those. So it saves a lot of money when I'm doing taxes with my CPA because all three of those don't need separate uh, returns. I can just do one return with all three of them. So who, who should, Business owners consult whenever it comes to this. Like, should I be an S corp? Should I be an LLC? Every business is so different that I would. There's no reason to put like a blanket statement on what kind of business that they should be forming. That is absolutely reaching out to a local business attorney, reaching out to your CPAs in terms of how you want to be taxed, in terms of the the smartest ways to create an entity to help you with some tax deductions, you know, those kind of things. So the goal would be finding the right people, having the right conversations and getting the answer that's right for you. Because every company, every, you know, entity is different. Are you going to have employees? Are you not? You know, how much money do you make every year? I mean, there's a, an LLC is not great if you make over like $250,000 a year, you know, in terms of gross wages because I believe there's a different tax bracket because there's like $800 a year for LLC. And then if you make a certain amount, and I think it's 200, don't quote me on that, but I, if you make over a certain amount, it becomes a percentage of your income. So that's why corporations are exist too, because those don't have those same different yearly payments to the Cal California. 
Okay. My other question is, would you think that sole proprietorship is an option for people in the wedding industry? I would say, given the protections that the other entities give you, there may be opportunities that the sole proprietorship works for you. And that goes back to my first statement of asking the right questions. But knowing what I do know, at least about some of the protections, I think it would make the most sense and the cheapest form of protection for your personal stuff is to start an LLC. Because if you are a sole proprietor, and let's say you have $200,000 in equity in your home, and God forbid you get sued and you're at fault and your insurance like we, that, we, that, that you have doesn't cover it, they can attach a portion of that 200000 in a lawsuit and you have, there's nothing you can do about it. Because when you're a sole proprietor, there's those, those protections are just not there. Okay, because I recently talked to people and some of them, they said that sole proprietorship is okay with them. And I'm like, that's kind of like scary, but at, at least, uh, you know... It, 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 it really could go back to the individual, right? So if the individual doesn't have anything worth, you know, a, an attorney trying to attach, maybe that is the smartest thing for them. But our goal here, right, would be to grow our businesses, have something worth worthwhile, right? So if we're gonna if we're gonna go into it knowing that we're not gonna make this a career and you don't have much for somebody to go after, maybe that person, maybe that one small niche that we're talking about, that makes sense. But I just feel like if you're going to go in this and this is one, this is a career choice that you're making, it does not make sense to not at least have a conversation with somebody and to make sure you're doing what you should be doing. And it doesn't, I know $800 a year to the state of California is what the cost is. I think like a few other states are even cheaper than that if you want to get incorporated there. So there's just, it depends on where you're at. It depends on what those things are. But I know California, it's $800 a year to be incorporated or have a LLC and it's the easiest $800 I spend every year on my corporation because I have built in, you know, um, protections. If somebody were to come after me, my family, my my house, my cars, I don't have to worry about. Okay, that's a great answer. Yeah. Thanks for that. So, okay, now I want to ask you, for someone who's already established a business, not like, you know, 10 years into the business, but someone who's already been running the business for three, four years, what are the things that we need to double check to make sure that everything's still legal and everything is still in place? Yeah. So one of the things that I would recommend is taking a look at your corporate minutes and making sure that you're doing everything that you as a corporation, if you, you know, you have your LLC, you have your corporate minutes, you you say you're going to have a corporate meeting every year, but if you don't do those things, a good attorney, a good, you know, um, if you get sued, you're not acting then as a corporation, you're acting as a sole proprietor. And that all that information, I would say all that work that you went in and paid for and did to protect yourself will not be there for you if you're not doing the corporate minutes every year, if you're not doing whatever your minutes say, whoever, you know, your director's, all those things oh, you have to meet every year, even if it's over dinner one night where you're sitting around and you know you do your corporate minutes for the year. It doesn't matter how you do it, but those are the things that you need to make sure you're doing to continue those protections. I also think it's really important to make sure that you're having other people look at your insurance coverages. As much as we all are very trustworthy of the insurance agents that we use to make sure that our stuff is, is protected, our general liability is gonna cover the things that we want, it's never going to hurt to have a second set of eyes. Look at those things because 
you may think something is covered and you may have been told or understood that something might be covered like your equipment or something like that. And it, maybe it's not, and it doesn't hurt to have somebody else look at your current policy and just make sure that the things that you think are in there are in there. One thing I've learned is nothing is ever final. Like whenever we, we, we talk to other wedding vendors and we ask them, Hey, how do you word this in your contract? And they say, Oh, we, we say this. I'm like, Holy crap. It that changed. makes more much yeah. so much more sense for people who don't know, including me, what corporate minutes mean. <laughs> okay, so those are it's actually stipulated in your so if you go to a, you know legal zoom if you have it done through a business attorney it'll be just a few steps that you take every year you have to answer you know this change that change whatever and you got to put it back in the book it's it sounds so ludicrous and you can you know you can do. You can do it once a year, I think, and whatever. But it's just things that whatever is stipulated in your book that you're going to do as an entity, you need to continue to do that. And most businesses have to have some type of corporate minutes every year. So in that creation, in your, you know, let's just say legal Zoom handbook that they send you, it'll show you what you need to do to keep that business running. So they'll, they, they send everything to you. They give you the X, Y, and Z of what, what you need to do in terms of making sure that business is in good standing, making your $800 a year payment to California. That's another reason. You know, those, it's little things, but if you're not staying up on them, it's something that could bite you in the rear end. Yeah, okay. That's why I've been getting emails from them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now I want to get into the insurance part of being in the industry because, okay. you know, we're service. And at the same time, some of us make products too. What kinds of insurance do wedding business people need? Okay, so I would recommend, I mean, obviously a lot of you probably have general liability insurance to just be on venues, I would assume, right? So you're, you're giving your certificate of insurance for general liability to just work on a venue. The other insurance that I would ask my insurance broker about is what's called a bot policy, which is a business owner's policy. It's a little bit more encumbersome. It, it kind of collects some of the things that this general liability kind of lets go by the wayside, some of your more personal stuff, the things you own, the things you, you need to run your business. A general liability policy is very much for if X happens, we will help you pay whoever sues you, right? That's the idea of a general liability policy. It protects the person that you're, you're on their land. If something happens you, and you're, you're at fault, the insurance company will help pay whatever problem, you know, that is. The a bot policy does that, will include that, and will also include maybe the protections of your equipment, you know, other things that you might need protecting. So it's something to look look into. I would also recommend if you have staff, whether they're, you know, 1099 or W2'd, which I'm, I'm sure we'll get into at some point, you need to have workers' comp. You need to have some type of coverage to if they get hurt while they're working for you, whether they're an independent contractor or not, they could absolutely go after you. And, you know, one little, yeah, one little, it just, it's so much easier because one little injury that you think might not be a big deal, you know, can turn out to be huge. I had a client recently, a drywaller, cut, has just cut his hand with one of those box knives, looked like a normal cut. Well, he actually went deep enough where he needed surgery. 
Oh, and they didn't know until like three or four weeks later when he just could not gain control of his finger. So something that looks so easy, that looks so like, okay, we'll put some stitches in it, take a day or two off until, or, you know, maybe even a week until the stitches come out, has has turned into about a two-month thing that he's still collecting workers' comp monies on, you know? Workers' comp in your guys' field is very affordable in terms of compared to other fields. It's very, very affordable. Surprisingly and, affordable. Yeah. It's because you don't because in general, like most of you I would assume don't have a lot of employees on a day to day basis and you're more like day of. So your your risk, your liability is only on that day. So and the insurance company understands that. you you only pay as much as your liability is. Right. And what's well, how much they're they're putting out on the line to say, OK, if you have, you know, 50 employees working every day, you're going to get charged a lot more than what you're going to charge having one person work on a Saturday. Yeah. So since we're already talking about 1099, can you talk to us a little bit about the difference between uh, 1099 and an employee? This has been like an issue that's yeah. been going on recently. Your listeners aren't going to like my answer. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> but we have to tell them. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess uh, just let's talk about that and the risks involved, if not complying. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that starting in April last year, the big court case came, came down in California, explaining better, because there was not a really good explanation of what is the difference between a 1099 employee and a W-2 employee in California law. And now I am talking about just California here. So federal law is not that much different in terms of how just trying to figure out whether an employee is... 1099 or W-2. Fortunately, the state of California, for us Californians, came down with a, uh, the Supreme Court of California came down with a, a ruling last April that better at least understood what, what the difference is. The problem that, not to get too much into the weeds, but the problem that really lies in with our, with our business or your business in, in general is these employees that work same day are doing the business of the company, right? So, one of, the, one of the rules that you can't break, there's like three rules, one of the rules that you cannot break, it's, they call it B in the ABCs, is the employee cannot be performing the job of the company's description, right? So I own a payroll company. If I bring somebody in on a Monday and I'm really backed up and I need somebody to run payrolls all day and I sit them on the, the front, you know, whatever, for one day and I just say, run payrolls all day for me. They're doing what I do, right? That's my job. That's my job description. That's how I make money. Now, the same thing, if I have somebody come in on a Monday and I'm like, man, my computer's not working. You're an IT guy. I need you to fix my computer. You see, they, they, I don't do computers. Even though we need them, I don't do anything with them. I don't make any money off them. No, none of my job description has anything to do with fixing IT support or anything like that. So he, that person, even if he's not incorporated, he can be considered a 1099 employee as he comes in, he supports my printers, my, 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 whatever. And he comes in maybe once a week and we have a contract together that he, that's his job and he can do whatever. That's a 1099 employee. What you guys run into is when somebody works same day, right? You have, you know, I hire somebody same day, comes in, helps me shoot, moves, moves, moves gear around, whatever they end up doing, they're acting in description of the business, right? So they're doing photography, they're doing, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're second shooters, they're, you know, whatever they are, those are the things that, that's, that's part of the business. And unfortunately, California says, okay, that's fine. 
you don't you don't have to do anything different. You don't have to pay them any more, any less, or whatever. You just need to run them through payroll. We need our money is basically what they're saying, right? So we want to get our taxes. We want to get everything that's due to us. So instead of you just paying them cash and we'll get our 1099 money at the end of the year, I, I want it now. And that's basically the, the what we're running into is California realized that they have such a large group of people that are 1099. And this is a great way for us to get our taxes throughout the year and not just at the end of the year or whatever. And, you know, for whatever reason, a 1099 employee you know, doesn't do said taxes, maybe they don't receive a 1099 correctly because it's not the easiest thing to track, right? I mean, we're making payments to these people once a month, every three weeks. Maybe we forget anything over $600 should be tracked, should be sent to the, the federal government and should and that person should be paying taxes on it. So the whole real reason behind it is how do we get more wages back into to get everyone paid some taxes. Now let's talk about the cost, right? So I think there's a misconception of the actual cost, the difference of cost in what a 1099 employee is compared to a W-2 employee. And again, every state's different, but a lot of the cost is marginal in, t in terms of like what it actually costs you at the end of the day. If you pay a guy, you know, a hundred bucks, let's say, or I don't know what's a a good amount, whatever it is, it's for every hundred dollars, $10 an hour. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, it needs to be a little bit more than that in California, unfortunately. <laughs> but, um, if you're paying a guy, you know, a hundred bucks, maybe another 17 goes towards your taxes and workers comp and things like that. Um, again, that's just an estimate, but in general, you're looking at like 14, 15%. I get, I understand that we're, a lot of us are working on small margins, but it's something that we're going to have to start accounting for. Right. Cause it's not an, it really isn't an option. Okay, so I, I've been talking to people about this, mm -hmm. and I guess the solution that they've come up with. Okay, <laughs> that makes that that makes me laugh a little bit. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. The solution that they've come up with is to make sure that everyone has their own business. Okay, make sure that everyone incorporates themselves, and okay. or maybe like a sole proprietor if they're not ready to, you know. But I I don't know if that's what do you feel about that? But that's what they've been so saying. So some recommendations for those people. So that's absolutely a, a workaround, right? So it goes back to if I need to subcontract a job out as a contractor, I don't necessarily need to pay the employees that, of that sub subcontractor. I'm paying that other contractor to pay the employees. So you can do that. California does stipulate that you cannot force an employee to get in incorporated. So if you say... Well, you like I'll hire you on the weekend, but you need to get yourself incorporated so I can pay your corporation and not yourself. Well, if an employee is frustrated with that, they can absolutely turn you into the state of California saying, you know, I didn't get hired for this job. You're discriminating. You're discriminating against me for this job because I didn't want to follow the rules of your employment, which is unfair. Right. So you can give the information to an employee for, to, to a potential employee and say, hey, this is how we like to do business, maybe or, you know, uh, something like that. The other thing, too, is you need to have full on contracts for every day they work. Right. So there's every everything that they do, every, you know, an absolute a contract. Your job is this. Your job is that you cannot tell them when to show up. You cannot tell them when they're supposed to leave. You cannot tell them how to do their job because they're independent contractors, 
right? So if I hire, if I, let's just say I am a photographer and I hire you to do the, the, the videography of my wedding, of the wedding that I'm shooting. If I just tell you like, Hey, this is what's expected of you. I need, I need you to do whatever your job is in, in terms of shoot the wedding, shoot the reception, shoot those things. I'm not going to tell you how to do your job, right? I don't know how to do your job. I, my job is to, to shoot the, the actual pictures. You, I'm subbing you out to take the video. I'm not going to tell you what camera to use. I'm not going to tell you what lighting you need. I'm, I'm busy doing my own thing. The difference between what I'm talking about here and me having, let's say, that same situation, but I want a second shooter that's doing photography on the side, you know, and doing different second shooter shots and stuff like that. If I'm telling that person where to be, what to do, how to take pictures, that's a different conversation too. They're not acting as an employee. They're acting as an employee, not an independent contractor. Okay. So since this is like a really, really sensitive subject and everyone wants to hear about it, but doesn't really want to listen, mm -hmm. let's talk about, I don't know if you're comfortable with talking about the repercussions. Yeah. The so repercussions. So the repercussions are the state of California. So I'm very much ingrained in the state of California for a couple of reasons. One, it's the hardest state to be legal, right? And it has the most laws. It also is like past seven laws since this, the beginning of this year. Like wow. it's insane for business owners. So it's our job is to stay up on this. So if, you know, if you're not in California and you're hearing this, yes, some of these things do apply to you, but very much so the, the California group really needs to know that these changes are coming. If, if California decided to really hammer down on this group, and I, I don't necessarily think that they won't at some point, we don't know. The fines are basically misappropriation of like pay, right? So they're, they're getting paid incorrectly. And, you know, for every, just think for every dollar that you paid your employee, or every dollar that you've been penalized for your mispay of an employee, and I can get into the, a couple of those laws of what you need to do, just think of it, double it. So if I didn't pay an employee $1,000 that he was due, because as an employee, I have different rules and different laws that I have to abide by, breaks, hours, breaks, lunches, those kind of things. Every dollar I don't pay said employee, I need to then pay said employee, and then I'm going to have the exact same amount paid to the state of California. So if I, let's just say I miss, mispaid an employee $1,000, I will be paying $1,000 to the employee to make that right, and I'll pay $1,000 to the state of California as a, um, a fine. So you're looking at double the cost if you get caught for not doing right the first time. And then you said you wanted to get into the, what was that, the, the laws? So, yeah, so there's a couple laws that you have to, if you're an employee, right? So I hire any employees. I have to give them a break if they work over four hours, right? I have to give them a lunch if they work over six. And I have to give them another break if they're going to work eight. So... In your guys' field, you know, the, the people that I have talked to and have been fortunate enough to talk to recently, they run into this problem, right? Because you guys are running around all day. You have all day Saturday. You're trying to make the best time for these bride and groom and the wedding in general. And you don't have time to say, hey, Frank, I know you're, 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 you're working for me today, but I need you to take 15 minutes to go sit over there. It's like, no, the things are going on. We need, to, we need your help. So you can, you need to know or you need to have a good payroll provider that knows these laws to make sure that we're paying the extra hour for missing that break. We're paying another hour for missing that lunch. So there's a very inexpensive way to track this to make sure that we're paying everyone correctly. And 
it really doesn't necessarily have to be much more out of your pocket to be legal, right? So my goal would be to sit down with these, you know, business owners that have day of people and be like, okay, you know, you're going to miss a break. You know, you're going to miss their lunch at a particular time. Let's just pay them the extra two hours that the California says these are penalized, self-penalized hours that I know that I'm going to be owing pay them up front, we'll track them on the payroll, so when the state of California ever comes knocking on their door because somebody's not getting a, a break or lunch, we can show them, be like, you know what, we're right, we didn't give them one, but if you see right here on the pay stub, we paid them the extra hour because we knew we couldn't do that. Very common in the um, gasoline attendant world, you know, normally one person there, eight hours at a time, they just automatically pay two extra hours to those people at regular rate, not overtime, at regular rate, and they're good, they're taken care of. So they work through lunch, they work through their breaks, they're there even though they're not really moving or doing anything, but it, in that case, and those, those owners of those gas, gasoline attendant, quickie marts, those things, they're taken care of. So California comes knocking on their door for whatever reason and says, well, Johnny said he's not getting a break. You're absolutely right. He also gets an extra hour of pay because we're self-penalizing on the payroll. Okay, I could just imagine people listening right now Especially the wedding creatives and yeah, thinking, yeah. this is so much information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, just let's let's make it easy for them. Sure. So, who should come to you and ask? Who who should approach you? Like, what kind of problems should I have mm -hmm. for me to be able to? I'd rather you come to me before you have problems. That's that's really what where I would start. We specialize in small business. You know, I I really made. Um, Anything under five employees, I have clients that literally just pay themselves. I have clients that are 25, 30. I have clients that are 60 employees. It, it, we really focus on that 60 and lower and maybe ones or twos. Like, that's not a problem. So if you don't have employees and you have a question on your particular entity, you can call and ask and talk to me and I'll absolutely sit down with you and, you know, give you 30 minutes of my time and figure out what what you need you know i might not have the answer and i'm the first one to say i don't know and let's go find it for you you know i have a very great group of te a team that i refer out to that i that i really trust and you know especially in this area and you know and it's really important to get the right answers so if you do have somebody the same day there's no reason why you're not talking to, where you're not talking to somebody that does payroll you don't have to talk to me I mean, you can call anybody you'd like, but understanding your needs, understanding what you're going to get yourself into, most payroll companies aren't going to sit and go that extra mile of saying, well, hey, are you going to give these guys breaks? Do you want to just account for them now so you don't have to worry about it? Are you, do you actually give your person a lunch in the first five hours? Because even if they take a lunch every time, but it's an hour six, guess what? You need to, you need to do it before hour six starts. So it's those kind of things that we are knowledgeable of that we can help small business owners and we don't charge anything for it. The way we have grown our business is really through the payroll, running payrolls and then helping people continually run their business because it is really hard out there. You know, there's big corporations that are leaving the state for a reason, right? It's really tough to run a business here. Unfortunately, this is where the business is, right? This is where all my business is. This is where all most of your businesses are, you know, when we're, when, we're, when we're actually doing venues and stuff like that. I mean, some of you may travel, but in general, we're doing business here because we have a business that we're running here and we, we can't control the laws. So my clients, you know, small business owners, blue, a lot of blue collar, 
they rely on me to help them through these processes. I can only help them as much as they come to me. And I like when our, my clients come to me and say, hey, I have a problem with this. I'm struggling with that or whatever. So long story short is I don't necessarily think you have to have a problem to have a conversation. But that being said, if you do have an employee, if you are paying somebody on the side, if you those kind of those conversations need to you need to make sure that you're paying them correctly. If for some reason, let's just say in a, a perfect world that you actually have done all the research and you've gotten yourself dialed in where everyone is 1099 and you're paying corporate you're paying corporations checks we can also do the 1099s for you so you can literally do your payrolls and your 1099s all in one spot and then we do the 1099s at the end of the year we do the w-2s at the end of the year and you literally can have one place that does all of your sending out of payments to your contracted workers and w-2 workers and you won't have to worry about tracking it so the payments that you made in january you won't have to pull out that pocketbook and be like okay where, who did I pay in January and how much? Yeah, it's, you're yeah. going to kill yourself, right? Yeah. So it's just one of those things that like our system does so much for us and does a lot of the work for us in terms of tracking and all that stuff that it's easy for us to work together and make and make and try to make your guys' life a little easier when it comes to this stuff. So outside of payroll, you know, 1099 tracking is part of our system too. Again, not needed as much lately. You know, we're not using it as much lately, but there is there is some fields that still get away with some things that we work with home 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 lenders those kind of things they're still under a few protections from the from the government because they have more of a lobby in the state of California to kind of remove them from some of these things and unfortunately not everyone's a part of those that thing so i still do 1099s for things like that so if you do have those clients that you say like oh i'm 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 going to incorporate everyone and make sure every, i'm going to help them in, incorporate we're going to I'm going to give them all the paperwork. We're going to do everything together. That's fine. We can do that too. We can help you with that too. But I think it's important to have conversations with people to make sure you are doing things the right way. Yeah. It all starts with having a conversation. Right. You're, you're, you're like a shrink. <laughs> I, I've actually told clients that sometimes. Yeah. You, I get some you, clients that call me and they're just like, they just want to vent about said employee or whatever. And normally nothing comes of it, but sometimes they just want to vent. Absolutely. You know, people think, you know, having a shrink is you, you only look for a shrink when you have a problem, but no, no in general, it really helps to just have someone to talk absolutely. to. Absolutely. You're going to have solutions. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Okay. So before we, before we transition into the listener questions, okay. I have three. Okay. And the first one is from an anonymous person. <laughs> I formed an LLC in 2017 in California, but have not filed taxes in a couple of years. I'm unsure of all the fees and stuff to stay legal. And on top of everything, if there are affordable services that could keep up with all the back end stuff. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, you, you need to get a hold of a CPA. Now, I, I think um, there's obviously a huge variance of what you can spend on that. And it's important to to ask the right questions, to know how much you're going to be spending on something like that. But you got to get the, those taxes. My guess is, too, you probably haven't stayed up on keeping the entity formed correctly. And you're really doing business right now as a sole proprietor anyways. So you went through all the steps of getting yourself a, you know, an, an LLC and protect yourself. But now you're not going through the, the, the maintenance of it. So it's not going to protect you. So what I would recommend is look for... A affordable bookkeeper. Again, I can 
push you in the right direction if you'd like to give me a call. But uh, you can look for an affordable bookkeeper that can help you with those things. You can look for an affordable CPA. There, there is, like I said, a huge range of, you know, couple hundred bucks a year to 2000 4000 whatever dollars a year find what's right for you find the relationship that's right for you in those in those cases because it doesn't there's it doesn't matter how small or how big you are sometimes TurboTax just doesn't do the right uh doesn't give you all of the the deductions that you might be able to get and having that relationship with somebody telling them what you do telling them the monies you spent and what you what you spent it on they can kind of navigate that gray area of what they can and can't do with your taxes. And again, that's finding the person you feel comfortable with. It's, that's very important. Keeping up with the, the entity, like, again, that, that's a conversation with the, the, the right parties, whether you find the right bookkeeper that knows a lot about that stuff, you find the right business attorney that can get you up to date. Those are the things that I would definitely recommend doing ASAP because the taxes are going to catch up to you at some point, right? I mean, you're either going to need to use use those funds that you made to prove income in purchasing something or something like that, you're going to need those back taxes at some point. So you might as well go ahead and try to figure that out. And what I've experienced in the past when I've had clients come to me with those same questions, when I've had employees come to me with those same questions is normally this, this being scared to do so is outweighs the actual effort and getting through it because i think as we all know the irs edd all of them can be scary but you're not the only one they're dealing with it all the time and you're better off getting it done moving forward getting those things figured out than you are just sitting for lack of a better better way of putting it scared in the corner right you're better off just getting it done because you're going to, they're not going to, you know, by waiting three years, four years or whatever, you know, the, the listener said, you're going to, you're, you're going to have to do it anyways. So just start working on it. And you, I think you'd be surprised depending on how much money you make, the fees and penalties are not going to be some crazy amount that it's not worth doing. Like get it done. Yeah. Out of sight, out of mind. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, Hey, I'm, I, I do that myself yeah. all the time. I, I get it. But some of those things like the IRS, they're not going anywhere. Right. Yeah. They're always inside and in mind. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky for me, my wife, she likes to follow rules and that got embedded in me. So I'm like, you know what? As soon as we started the business, I, m- I want to make sure everything's legitimate. My wife is the same yeah. way. She's She's been so great for me for that stuff, you know, keeping me on task with that kind of stuff. Thank God for these yes. women. Yes, absolutely. Question number two. She has a bunch of questions. So let's ask the first question first. At what level of complexity do I decide to hire an accountant? Yeah, so I, I think I've kind of mentioned this in passing on the last question, but I don't think it matters how complex your business is to have those conversations. Uh, whether you're looking for a CPA in a particular price range and a particular comfortability with that person, or you know, you take like a step down and maybe go with an enrolled agent. That's basically what they do the same thing. They go through the same schooling. They just take like one or two less tests in terms of what their knowledge is, what they can do, but they literally do all of the same things as a CPA. So let's just say you can't afford a CPA. You think you can't afford a CPA. You can't find one that really fits. Look for an enrolled agent, enrolled agent, and you might be surprised that they that might fit what you're looking for. There's a lot of being a business owner. There's a lot of ways to 
lower the, you know, the amount of money you've made because you, we are spending a lot of money to run our businesses. So it's important to make sure that you have somebody on your side to make sure that you're not getting taxed on stuff that you shouldn't be. And it's important to like have those conversations. Um, like I said before, TurboTax is great for those things, but we're running businesses here. We're trying to keep as much money as we're earning because we work hard for it. And there's not illegal to make sure that we're doing, you know, we're, we're filling out our taxes correctly. And I just don't know if, you know, using a software program always is the best way. So you're probably better off at least having those conversations and seeing how much those are. And if a CPA will not tell you how much it's going to cost, that's not the person for you. I've sat down with multiple CPAs where they'll be like, oh, I have so much work and I need this. And they don't know the answer. They probably aren't the right CPA for you. And I would I would look elsewhere and look for some some. I charge this an hour. This is how much, how many hours I expect it to go. Those kind of questions, those, those should be pretty easy answers for a CPA. If they don't answer that, that's probably because they're on the higher end. Just guessing. Okay. So her next question is, if someone refuses to send over a 1099 for my service to them and it's over $600, mm-hmm. do I still report the income? I would say yes. It's still income that you, you brought in. And at any point, let's just say that that 1099 does come in, even if it's late, you might as well report that income. It's income that you would have reported if you got it. So my guess is to be safe, I would absolutely report that income. Okay. And then her, her last question is, sure. if I pay upfront to rent equipment and then incorporate that equipment into my invoice to the client, do I still report that rental fee as a business expense? So that's a good question. So the answer is you wouldn't include that in the amount of money you made that year. You would include that those rental costs in your fees for the year, right? So it's the same thing like if, let's just say I bought a new camera this year. I'm going to uh, incorporate that cost of the camera into what I made over the year because that was a, a cost that I needed. You renting those chairs, that whatever you rented, that's a cost that you needed to do the job. And just because you charged more doesn't mean you really made more. So it's a net of your cost for the job and what you made is really what you're claiming. And again, that goes back to having the right people look at your stuff. Like if that, that is a write-off, when you're, when, you're, when you're spending money to make money, that money you spent does not count against you. It, it helps you take off what you really pocketed from the, from the job. Okay. That makes that's, that's Does that make sense? Clearer, uh, it's yeah. a little bit of a complicated question a little, uh, when it yeah. comes to like trying to figure out the pluses and negatives there, but yeah. Okay. So last question. This guy really loves his gear mm-hmm. because his question is, how do I go about getting an LLC and insurance for my gear? Okay. What steps need to be taken to fully protect myself for being sued for everything I own? Which is, uh, we right. answered this it, earlier. A little, bit, a little bit earlier with the getting the correct commercial insurance policy to protect that stuff. So it's kind of similar to if you have like a homeowner's policy and you have like a nice piece of art, let's just say, or like maybe a a nice guitar, like a $5,000 guitar or some type of something like that. So that's not covered under your homeowner's policy. Most of the time, if you have that, you're getting a special policy to protect that art, that guitar, that whatever. Those policies will reimburse you for the the what those things are worth and you're you're stating when you get those policy that this camera's worth x amount and this is what you're going to get back if that camera's worth x amount now each commercial broker should sit down and say okay if you spent 500 600 thousand dollars on this camera 
this is what we're insuring it for. This is what you're going to get back if, God forbid, something happens to it. It gets stolen, whatever. I think it's really important with you guys because that's your, you know, that's the lifeblood of your company, right? So, like, if you lose a camera or if you break a camera or I don't know if it's break, but it depends on the policy. But if, if, if that camera isn't protected, then you're, you know, you could be out of business, right? Or, you know, you can't just afford to buy another one like that. You know, these are really expensive equipment. So it's important to to sit down with somebody you trust, somebody you know, you know, that has those, that knows that knows this stuff about insurance and try to protect yourself because, I mean, I don't think that listener is probably not the only one that loves their equipment, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. me too. you guys all Count do, me. right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's part of the, part of part of what you're doing. So it's more important to make sure that one mistake doesn't ruin, you know, your business, you know, or whatever that might be. Leave a car door open one day and next thing you know, your camera's gone. Like, well, now what are you going to do? You know? Okay. So after all that information, (laughs) my last question is let's, let's do like a really short statement, like something to remind people what they need to do. Okay. who do they look for? Just to, just to like sum everything up that we talked about. Today. So, so number one is you got to get yourself incorporated in some way. So you have to get an LLC, some type of corporation. Number two is if you have people working for you, whether you think they're 1099 or not, you need to have a conversation with somebody. Your laws could be different than ours. So make sure you're calling somebody that is very knowledgeable about your location. If it's California, I kind of just gave it to you. Sorry, but that's basically what we're doing. Um, if you're outside of the state, that that does change a little bit, and each state's different, and the federal government is different, as we all know. Um, and then third is like I think is protect your protect your stuff. Like really sit down and make sure that your business is protected, your personal life is protected from your business, and that your stuff is protected because it literally takes one bad day to ruin everything you guys have built. And that's, it's just awful. And we live in a society that is very Sue happy. And if you put yourself in a situation where God forbid you make one mistake on one day and whatever that might be, you don't want to be on the wrong end of that by not being protected in some way. It's like driving a car without car insurance. Like out here, that sounds ridiculous. You know, it's also a lot, but in general, like if you get hit by somebody and they just drive away and we don't have somebody to protect it, like, what are we going to do? You know, it's, the same thing with our business. Heaven forbid somebody hits us. What are we going to do? Well said. Well said. Thank you. I love that. Okay. So now that they have that, I yes. want them to um, I want them to know how to get in touch with you. And if they mentioned the podcast you said earlier. Yeah. So, I mean, I want to, like I said, I, I've, I've been really intrigued with this this group, this this sector of business lately. Uh, I've had the opportunity to talk to you and, you know, talk to a few other people that have uh, do these wedding, same day events. And, um, I really want to try to help. And, um, so what I'm offering is if you contact me, um, my, my website is a, a employer, E M P L O Y E R.com. Uh, you can find our phone number there. Uh, you can email me from right from the website. Uh, if you have questions, please reach out. I'll do my best like I said, to answer them and, or find the answer for you. Um, anybody that mentions this podcast will get a, th- a free 30 minute uh, consultation to talk about what you're currently doing, what I believe you might need to be doing, people you need to be in contact with, whether that's a commercial broker like myself or other brokers that I work with or a business attorney that I work with or, you know, things like that, or a particular CPA that I might, that might be a good fit for you. 
I want to have those conversations with people. Um, part of the reason why I do this is because I really enjoy talking to other business owners. I feel like we can learn a lot from each other because we're all, you know, dealing with this stuff together. And um, I, I want to learn. I want to like again. I want to learn from you guys just as much as I, you know, uh, hopefully you guys have learned a little bit from me. If for whatever reason, if it comes down to it, and you decide that you need to run payroll and you have employees, whether that's 1099, whether that's W two, anybody again that mentions this podcast, I'm giving a free months of service and free setup fees. Wow. Um, yeah. That. So that's like, like close to hundred, two hundred dollars worth of free um, to get started. I want to make this this process as easy as possible for, for people that aren't dealing with this. So we're, um, I, like I said, I, I just, I really think that having conversations, sitting down and really figuring out what it's going to cost, it might surprise you. Um, based on the people I've talked to already in this industry, I think they had an idea of what the costs were coming into what payroll was going to cost them. And, we're very surprised after really sitting down and saying, okay, for every hundred bucks, it's going to be this, or you're looking at this much cost. I think they, I think in general, what I've found from the five, six people that we've talked to, to this point, we're very, very impressed that, or not impressed, we're very shocked that the price wasn't what they thought it was going to be. I think we all have an idea. It's kind of going back to the IRS thing. We all have an idea what it's going to be. And we don't necessarily want to go down that road because we know doesn't mean you can't have a conversation with me and we can talk about what it's going to cost. And then maybe you go, you know what, I'm going to roll the dice and I'm going to keep doing it the same way. And hopefully California never knocks on my door. But I, I just feel like that's not a great way to run your business. And I'd rather, rather do what you can to protect yourself because if those employees get injured, if whatever th those things happen, we, you should be protecting yourself in a lot of different ways. So, Okay, cool. Yeah. Th thank you for hooking up. The listeners. Oh, no problem. I think it's great. I, I'm, I'm super excited to be here. I was really, really happy that you invited me today. That's cool. You know, being in business involves making sure that everything is legal and making sure that you're always following the rules. And having services like yours makes it a lot more easier for us to just make sure everything's well taken care of. Um, I feel like whenever it comes to being making sure that everything everything's legal it's also a, a reflection on your brand and absolutely you always tell the the clients that this is why these are our prices because we're a legitimate business or not like a you know yes uh, yeah so i think that i think that that can go a long way with new with new potential new clients when you're saying you know part of my cost is this and you know i have employees that are on payroll and we're not just paying them under the table i think that that does go a long way with legitimizing your business there you go. Okay. So do you have a question? I think... Um, hey, here's no. Stella. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, hi, Scott. Hi. <laughs> so just to, to kind of like give me an idea more of like what your business does as well, sure. Scott. So um, you provide payroll services, but also more of yeah, so compliance, we, that's right? A, yeah, yeah, so that's a really good, like, really good question, actually. So we do payroll. And like I said earlier, I think that's that's how we make money, right? Okay. So there's no, like, that's how we make money. Okay. One of the reasons why we keep clients is we help with the workers' comp. Right. Both uh, myself and my partner are in, have our insurance license to sell workers' comp, sell okay. general liability, sell, uh, you know, those bot policies that we talked about yes. earlier. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the one of the things that we are kind of like that back office HR business support team mm -hmm. that um, 
my competitors just don't do, right? right. So you can get HR services from the bigger people. It's also going to cost you a lot. Right. You can get, you know, uh, workers comp through them, but they might not really quite understand what you do and right. not really sit down and go, okay, what do you need? What do you, like those kind of things. And very few people will help with the commercial line stuffs also. So in terms of what we do and like, it's very much a bundle of things, right? So my goal is for you to come to me and me to be your resource for all of those things because you're not going to want to go anywhere, right? So it makes it a lot easier for me to help you if I have my, if I have my fingertips on all of those things, whether, whether you have a, a broker that you have workers comp through. I don't care. I'm not looking to make more money off of the workers comp policy that you have or whatever. I want to work with that broker actually because they might have other you know, clients for me. So that, that part doesn't, doesn't bother me, but we can, we're there as a resource to help if they need it. So I would say half of my clients come to me with insurance policies already that I'm helping them administrate at no extra cost. And the other half have no idea what they're doing and need, and need, need help finding it. Either one that comes to me has no, it's, it's not a problem. Okay. Yeah. We'll probably be in the second half that you just <laughs> mentioned right there. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I think for really for a lot of, um, People who are starting out in the business, you know, there are things that we'll learn later on. And it's scary that, oh, my gosh, I didn't know I had to do this. So, yeah, I think that's a, I don't think that's uncommon. Right. I think that's a very normal part of running a business. Right. I think all of us that start all of this, all of us that are learning are are very shocked at the extra steps. But it's it, it can be scary and it can be easy. It just depends on the the knowledge that you have and who you have support you. You know, it's I I'm very lucky. I have a very good group of like bookkeepers and like a CPA that I really enjoy working with recently. And it just has made my life so much easier. And it's just like the exact same thing is if if somebody doesn't quite know what they're doing with payroll, sometimes just asking the right person the right question has, will make things so much easier. For you know, for people who are listening, for people who are starting their business, it, it, a lot of it really is very just intimidating. I All agree. The, even just today, like while you're doing this interview, I'm filling out a form for the office of the assessor. Mm -hmm. and, you know, for a lot of business owners, once they become an LLC or they become incorporated, suddenly all these mail comes in. Exactly, exactly. And it's hard to weed through like what's official or what is you're just buying a poster. Exactly. So that <laughs> uh, that's a great point. And I'm right. I, I actually really glad you brought that up. So part of my services is making sure your posters are dialed in and you don't have to worry about them. So okay. uh, a lot of my clients have come to me and asked me those questions like, hey, I, I just got a, you know, I just got a poster. I got a uh, something in the mail saying I need to buy this poster because things change. Well, technically, California hasn't even finalized their rules for 2019. So if that's coming in the mail right now, that's not true because they don't even know what they're supposed to put on yet. So what we do is we once we have everything finalized in terms of when we know what California is going to actually do and what needs to be said on the poster, then we order them, we send them out to our clients, and they can post them. Somebody like, you know, maybe that doesn't have an office – it's important to at least have something in your car that that shows that all of those things too. So it's little things like that that you know you might not think pertain, pertains to you because they don't have like a, a beautiful office where they're having clients come in and they're always going out. But they're like, I have employees. Where do I put my poster? Well, there's creative ways to go about that to make to tell 
California that you're trying, right? So right. like in, you know, you're making sure that you're, you're doing not, not doing something because you don't think it pertains to you, but you're, you're going above and beyond. So somebody like that, that like would come to me, first of all, they wouldn't have to worry about those poster things. Right. So I, those would just get thrown in the mail and then they would say something along the lines of, you know, like heaven forbid, like I, where would I post this? I can't just, you know, keep it in my car all the time. And maybe we could put together a binder that kind of has everything that we can, you know, inform the employees that they know that that binder's there for them to look at at any time and at every job it's going to be there. And, you know, we're trying to be as creative as possible. So, you know, Mm -hmm. that those, what your rights are and what your, you know, all of those things are, are somewhere for you to look at and you're more than welcome to look at them at any time. Yeah. That's actually a good point because I wouldn't even think of putting those posters, you know, to be compliant, putting them in my car. Um, I think one thing that scares a lot of people would be there, there's so many different things you have to be you, you have to be aware of or, you know, you have to be up to date, you know, aside from taxes, aside right. from like paying the, the quarterly, you, mm-hmm. there are other like the state versus the federal. And for a lot of I think the, a lot of people might have freaked out right there, just so you know, yes. quarterly taxes like people, go they, right over their head. Correct, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and for a lot of um you know, first-time business owners, I think that for some of them, for example, for us, we mm-hmm. have no idea uh, about W-2s or, right. you know, like making one for other people as opposed to just receiving a paycheck. Right. So there's, yeah. and then there's services like mine that do that to help. But if you try to do it on your own, um, what I have found is it doesn't take that long for them to find another outlet. Um whether that's a software program, um, QuickBooks is very good. Like right. if that's something you're going to try to do, you can very well do that. Um, just make sure you stay up on your quarterly payments and make sure that you're paying um, uh, whatever QuickBooks says, whatever the IRS says you need to pay. The thing that I've found with businesses that are trying to do it on their own and come to me um, because it's a, it is overwhelming, the software that we have the people that we have in, in, in house really make that process as easy as possible. So they don't have to worry about necessarily coming up with W2s, making tax payments. When you get an invoice from us. So our goal is to make you give us the hours and then you don't worry about anything else. So we're paying the employees we're direct depositing. We're paying all your taxes that you accrued on that one payment. Because what happens is like small businesses, we go through, you know, ebbs and flows, right? right. So when we're, when we're busy, and we have the money to pay the taxes. If you're paying quarterly or you're paying monthly, you're not going to write the check. What happens when you're at one of the, you know, the downturns and you're not as busy, but you still have to pay for the taxes that you may have spent elsewhere a month ago, right? right. So when we, when you're running payroll with for five people one month and nobody the next month, and you have no payments the next month, we're going to charge you for the five people when you have the five people. And I think what happens is budgeting is way easier for small businesses when you know when you're getting charged what you accrued, okay. right? So that being said, going back to what you're saying about making payments to taxes, you know, if a client's trying to do it on their own, they might be like not tracking their payments very well because it's really not the easiest thing to do. The IRS hasn't figured it out yet to really track every payment very easily. Um, and even state of California has a really nice website that you can get yourself dialed in on. But that being said, if there is services out there like ADP, like Paychex, like myself that can help you through those processes, but not everyone understands the business that you're dealing with. So it's a really important to, to 
if you're going to try to do it on your own, have a lot of knowledge about it because the fees and the interest and the penalties really add, ra- adds up with the IRS and with um, EDD, which is the state, um, state-run state okay. um, taxes. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot, right? A lot. So it's, it's having employees is not, um, unfortunately, not easy, but there's a reason why we're in business. There's a reason why there's you know, people that help uh, with that because when you have the knowledge, when you have the right tools, it gets way easier, right? So we we do our we do our bet. We spend a lot of money on our software program to stay up with the ADPs, the paychecks of the world. So in terms of what your employees are going to get, is very similar in terms of online portal and employer portals and stuff like that. Because we know where we need to compete, and the difference is, for example, I called into one of the bigger companies recently, and I was on on hold for like twenty five minutes. We don't have like a phone tree, like it just rings to us, you know? And I think we'd have to like triple in size for that to be, to change. Cause my, the fam, my family is very old school when it comes to customer service and we don't want necessarily you to call in and not get somebody, you know what I mean? So I think it's really important when you, when you make a phone call, when you're dealing with customer service that the last thing somebody wants to do is sit on hold before they can talk to somebody. Especially as a business owner too, you know, we're dividing our time already. So yeah, definitely appreciate it when, you know, I talk, I call and then I'm not on hold because right. I'm like, oh, good. I really need this answer right now. <laughs> and normally, right, you're calling because you found some time in the day, right? right? So I have a few clients that, you know, like the auto, auto body shops and the auto collision people that they actually work in the business. The owners are, you know, it's just them and one other guy or two other guys. And they don't think about calling me between eight and five when I'm at the office, you know, so sometimes they call me and we transfer our phones right to our cell phone, both Beth and I, Beth is uh, the other partner. Um, and we transfer our cell phone, we transfer those calls because we know that as small business owners, sometimes when we have a question about an employee or a question about this, it doesn't come up necessarily between the convenient hours of eight and five. Now, so we do our best to accommodate that where if you call us at 630, and I will say that's something that my wife at first did not quite understand. We were sitting at a dinner table. I'm like, I'm, I, this is my bigger client. I'm going right. to, I'm going to go take this really quick right. or whatever it is. But in general, like, I think that was really, I think it's a really good service that we offer because with all of us that are working in the business, sometimes we don't have time during the day. You know, you could be backed up with meetings all day before you have a time to think about a conversation you want to have about an employee because said employee did X, Y, or Z. And I can try to help you navigate through those those problems. And you know what, being in the, the creative industry, like especially the wedding industry, we, we're so used to dealing with couples personally that right. you kind of like expect that from someone else that you're dealing with. Absolutely. Right? And the creative industry, the creative wedding industry is a business for young people mm-hmm. because it's this industry where you just graduate fresh, fresh off of college. You right. go straight into making your own business instead of like working for someone else. And it also involves like you being sensitive about your craft and being, being confident enough to tell the clients, you could trust me. Right. With what you're paying me to do. Right. So I feel like the younger people, they need to trust someone to handle the business side Absolutely. of their business. And, and again, I, as much as I have thrown information out today, 
I, I will say it comes from a continually learning and B just asking questions to people that know more than me, you know? Yes. And I think it's really important to understand what you do and don't know and ask questions outside of that. So if somebody does ask a question, like I've said before, like I am not too proud to say, you know what? I don't know the answer to that and let's That's go good. find it. You know what I mean? Because everybody's different. Every situation's different. It's really just important about finding the right answer and however you find that and having the right referral group to do so you know don't forget guys you, you you can be good at one thing and be able to provide services for another thing but you could always just refer it out and you don't have to do everything you yourself. don't have to do everything yeah. and i'm the same way you don't have to do everything i know what i'm good at and i i will refer things out that i know that are way over my head that's why we only do video and a podcast <laughs> There you go. Let's. I, I really want to thank you. I really. I really appreciate you having me. This has been great. It's been fun and stressful. Hopefully, at the I same didn't. Time. I, I hopefully uh, you didn't lose like listeners because I was <laughs> just so so boring and throwing so much stuff at them. They scared them. If ever we lo lost them, they're probably on their computer yeah. trying to contact you right now. So <laughs> I, I really that. appreciate it. Uh, we're we're gonna put all the information in the show notes. Sounds good. And um, yeah. Thank you. And like I said, again, just reach out to me if you guys have questions. We're, you know, my organization's here to help and whatever you guys are dealing with, we, we're learning more and more about your organization, which I think can only help us support what you guys are doing here. Thank you. Thanks for growing and learning with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Scott. Have All the best. One. Thank you. So there you have it. If you want people to look at you as a professional, you need to run a legitimate business. That involves following all the rules. And since so many things have changed when it comes to the requirements, make sure that you talk to someone who's knowledgeable about it. You know, it makes me sad to hear some people say, uh, I don't really want to get a business permit. It's such a hassle. Or, it's just a hobby, bro. Dude, then don't freaking charge people money. Do us a favor. By us, I mean the people who are actually trying to make a living out of this. Do us a favor and talk to someone. See if it's really something for you. Don't you just love it when people are willing to share what they know and ask for nothing in return? Me too! That's why I pay it forward. When I think I'm not capable of doing this kind of selfless work, I just support the person monetarily. If you're thinking, wow, Paul is so handsome and he sure helped me out by bringing all this information literally straight to my doorstep. I wonder if there's any way I could support him other than cheering him on quietly in my car every week. Lucky you. I started a Patreon page and you can pledge as low as $1 to show your support and keep the show going. Just head on to www.patreon.com slash wedding video boss you'll see the same sweet old podcast and more actually tons more different tiers can get you great things like transcripts of all the latest episodes this is for those people who don't have time to listen a facebook mastermind group that's limited to a number of patrons and extra episodes for just the hardcore fans if you like money and you just want to keep it to yourself, I'm throwing all these information goldness for free. So I'd really appreciate it if you help me out by subscribing, rating, or leaving a review. Thanks so much to those who already did it. Thanks for listening. It means the world to me. Watch out for the next episode of the Wedding Video Boss Podcast. Till then, play nice if you can't win. Be nice 
especially if you're good looking. Boss man out.